Hello, I'm Matt Eason and welcome to the Food Fight podcast from EIT Food, exploring the greatest challenges facing the food system and the innovations and entrepreneurs looking to solve them. This is going to be our last episode of the year and we wanted to finish with something a little bit special and a little bit different. So today we have not one, not two, but three incredible young guests joining us to talk about a hugely important piece of work that they've been leading on this year to transform the food system for the better. So as a bit of background, EIT Food recently launched a campaign called Our Food, Our Food Future, a platform that aims to ensure that the voices of the next generation of young people entering the food industry, so that's people aged 18 to 24, are heard by the stakeholders in the food system now. And this group, called Our Future Food Makers, have literally just come off stage at the Virtual Future of Food conference, where they've presented their ideas about shaping the future food system in a manifesto that they're calling their menu for change. First of all, I'd like to welcome Chloe Dorin. Chloe currently works at HelloFresh in Amsterdam, a leading global meal kit company. She is extremely passionate about food waste and wants to play a role in helping supermarkets fight back against throwing food away. Chloe, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate to be here, actually. <laughs> Great stuff. Good to have you. And our next guest is Amelia Oriskanen. Amelia has a Bachelor of Science in Food Technology and is currently pursuing a master's degree in the field of economics. Her professional interests are sustainability oriented, as you'd imagine, with the ultimate career goal of having a positive impact on the food industry. Great to have you with us, Amelia. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Great stuff. And last but by no means least, we are joined by Sasha Cohen Ioannidis. Sasha is the co-founder of two startups, Ecotone Renewables, transforming food waste into fertilizer and electricity, and FarmEZ, empowering farmers through price sharing. She holds a love of biomimicry, innovation and sustainability and is currently pursuing a master's in business and management at Stockholm School of Economics. Thank you for joining us as well, Sasha. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored to be here. Great. And thank you all. So you're three of 10 people in this year's Future Food Makers. Huge congratulations for that, by the way. But before we talk about the project, I'd just love to hear a little bit more about how you became passionate about improving our food system. So maybe if we can start with you first, Amelia, what kind of brought you here? Okay, so I studied food technology. And I really thought I wanted to be in that space of uh, actually being at the factory. But then I realized that I wanted to have a more broad approach to all of it. And then I started studying economics and I started gaining insights about sustainability and other aspects and everything. It's not just about the environment, it's economy, it's the social aspect. So it's a whole broader sense. And then I connected everything that I learned from economics to the food systems. And I realized there is a huge gap there. And we really need to work on that if we want to feed uh, 10 billion people in 2050 and if, if we want to keep a healthy lives. And yeah, so yeah, I would say that's, that's my starting point. So yeah, it started fairly narrow and you've really broadened yourself out. So that's amazing to hear. And um, what about you, Sasha? What's your journey been like? So I guess my journey of food systems has also always been connected to my passion for entrepreneurship. 
Uh, when I was 12 years old, I lived in this community that had barely any Jewish people. So I sort of started a monopoly on Jewish baked goods. Right. Um, and I started baking a lot of food and selling it to people in my community um, in order to raise money for charity. And as I started doing that, I also started realizing that there are a lot of other aspects about food that I really enjoyed. So my stepfather and I started growing plants hydroponically in our basement. And as soon as I got into university, I knew that this was sort of the path that I wanted to go on. So I started finding other students that were interested in hydroponics, which is sort of how my first startup started out, originally going to build a very large scale hydroponic system. But then we realized that there were so many other issues within our community surrounding the food systems and that hydroponics was really cool, but it wasn't solving a lot of the other problems like food waste that we had. So that's sort of when I was 19, 18 years old, I sort of had this like realization that food systems as a whole were much more interconnected than I thought. And now was really the time that we had to change. Amazing. God, here was me when I was 12 years old playing video games and there were you building your own your own startup and hydroponics. So that's pretty amazing. And uh, and finally, Chloe, what about yourself? Where have you come from? What interests you about this space? I think it started with my thesis where I was looking into ending food waste from the banana industry. So uh, happy uh, that this uh, company came across me making banana bread out of bananas which are going to be thrown away. And this is where I realized the big issue behind that product. And because they were, the company was trying to retail themselves into supermarkets, I was like, hey, how come those type of products are not being on the shelves for customers? How come are they not available to them? So this is how I came really like into the retailing kind of side being like, hey, we need retailers to act upon that food waste issue so that we can promote more startup to put this type of product in for everyone to being able to have a more affordable kind of product on the shelf because they're getting food which are about to be wasted. Wow, amazing. So it's like all three of you have, you all identified a gap in your own way and it's something that you've obviously really decided to go after, which, you know, really amazing. So really well done to you all. Just a broad question then before we get into the actual menu for change in the event. Why do you think it's such an important time to be involved in the food industry now and to kind of be a change maker in that space? Do you think now is, is a really particularly important time? I think I'd like to start with how do we are currently we're scaling up currently when when we are saying how can you actually act upon those issues we say oh we need to act upon energy because energy is the biggest thing but how many times a year do you change your energy provider hmm. I think you change it maybe once a year or maybe once every five years while we eat three times a day so how many times can you actually have an impact? Do you want to have an impact three times a day every 365 days? Or do you want to have an impact once every five years? Nice. I've never heard anybody refer to sort of compare the food industry to the energy industry like that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, most people are just, it's once a year and versus actual eating. It's something you're doing all the time. And therefore, yeah, you should be more involved. Love that. What about you, Sasha? I think Chloe made an excellent point sort of going off of that. When we look at systematically as individual people are where our biggest climate footprint in, is in, it's typically surrounded by a lot of the food choices that we make. So it's just really important. We already know that food is something that connects all of us 
food has a story, food has a cultural impact. And I think when we talk about issues of climate change, as we're recognizing now with COP26 just ending, this being really important, food is one of the easiest ways to get people connected to the issue of climate change as well. Okay, great. So it's like a food at the heart of our culture. It's the connector of all these things. And Amelia, do you agree? Yes, absolutely. What can I add on when these two have explained everything <laughs> so well? But yeah, I would just say that even though it doesn't feel that these food choices are so small and every day it feels like, oh, it's nothing, you know, just to eat less meat, for example, or to switch some choices to more sustainable ones. But these choices are actually the ones that matter, because if I do that and all of us do that, you know, and I impact my surrounding, then real changes are going to happen. So, yes, I firmly believe in that. Got it. Thank you. All great stuff. Love that. So let's just talk about the event itself. You know, what was it like being here and presenting on such a global stage? I was kind of uh, scared because I know that what an impact this event has. So I was when thinking about that, I was like, okay, <laughs> I really need to bring my A game now. And I know we worked a lot, but in the end, I felt if it wasn't delivered in a proper way, it wouldn't be a great accomplishment as it can be, if this makes sense. So I wanted all of us to to be the best versions and to present the best versions that we prepared. And I think we made it. Oh, I think you did. Yeah, you really did it justice. <laughs> I mean, you were incredible. So, you know, really well done. I mean, if someone had said to you, you know, like a year ago that you'd be presenting on stage alongside the likes of Gerda Verberg, who's coordinating with Scaling Up Nutrition Movement and the UN Assistant Secretary General, or Claire Bury, the European Commission Deputy Director General in DG Health and Food Safety, would you have believed them? Would you have thought this was possible? I think as being young, we can definitely have the feeling of being an imposter. But personally, I kind of embrace the fact that, hey, it's your first time. But hey, make it as fun as possible. Just believe that you are so passionate about the topic of food system and sustainability in the food system that just your energy, your drive, I'm sure will be communicated. And this drive and this energy, I do believe that only us, our new generation have it. You know what? I would agree with you because, I mean, I was funny enough, I was just talking to our producer, Connor, before the show, and I was trying to cast my mind back to when I was your age and thinking if somebody had put me on a stage like that, I would have just, I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. Uh, you know, so I think to stand up on that stage and present as you did, it was an incredible, incredible achievement. And Sasha, sorry, I could see you wanted to say something. Anything to add? I don't know. I didn't feel nervous at all, but I also knew, I mean, going into it, that the quality of the work that we produced was very high. And the feedback that we had gotten from others prior to being able to actually present the content was really good. So I, I was quite confident in us. Um, <laughs> I, I knew that it would be successful. <laughs> Love that. Check out the confidence in this room. Incredible. Yeah, I would also add, sorry, but the feedback I got from everybody who watched is exactly what Chloe said, that you could feel the energy, you could feel the drive that we all uh, and it uh, that we all have and it just came through. So, yes, I think that's the, the most important achievement of our presentation. Yeah, good stuff. Well done to you all. So let's actually talk about the content itself then. So 
Can one of you talk me through the menu for change and, you know, why you think it's needed now? Who would like to take it? So within the Future Food Makers, there are 10 of us and we all come from a variety of different backgrounds. So we sort of came up with six key points that we wanted to focus on. One was to target 25% of the agricultural land in the EU to be managed under regenerative practices. We also wanted to define um, EU nutrition and labeling guidelines. We wanted to develop an inclusion policy to help vulnerable populations within the EU. We also wanted to develop an EU true cost food policy. For our fifth one, wanted to tackle food waste with a bioeconomy strategy. And then lastly, sort of one that we think is sort of a baseline to ensure that systems can continue to develop in the correct way is to think about how to include nutrition, health and environmental implications of food within all education curriculums. So those were our six goals. I'm interested, you know, what were you hoping to get out of this experience? So, you know, before you'd, you'd heard about the campaign in IT Food, but then you're like, you must have thought, okay, it's going to be this, I think. And then as you went through the process, kind of what have you learned and how have your perspectives and behaviours changed as you've gone through it? Sasha, you're, you're nodding vigorously. Yeah, I always nod vigorously. <laughs> um, yeah, so I worked a lot with the true cost counting policy which was really interesting because it also simultaneously this project was at the same time as my first accounting class. Ah. Um, so I, I really had the ability to apply management accounting to something that I cared about, which was nice. And I also meant my learning curve was super high because I was aware of true cost accounting and I had done things with it previously, but I had not heard the term before. So I was just sort of like, I like calculating things, but I didn't know that the, like other people were doing it and there was actual words used to describe this process. So it was really nice to sort of find a name for something that I thought was really cool. And also to think about it, not just from the calculation perspective, but the actual implementation perspective and how to get other people to start doing things that I really care about. So you've been sort of applying knowledge that you're learning in real time as you've been going through the process. Yes, exactly. Amazing. What about you, Chloe? I thought it was only about food waste. <laughs> like uh, probably that was uh, for my original thought. And I just loved that we all had those different perspectives. And I just enjoy like asking questions about, hey, what do you mean by labeling? Oh, I didn't know that that was part of it. So even for myself, like there was definitely something that uh, I realized, oh, okay, when it comes to food inclusivity, okay, there's really an issue behind what can be the mean that we can work around. Yeah, more aware of this little issue from others, from ideas of others, and how can we make people's ideas uh, more impactful and more meaningful in our manifesto? I think that would be that, yeah. Nice, nice. And Amelia, do you sort have you gone through a similar process to the others? I mean, you have you kind of learned from the other future food makers as you've gone through yes. this? Definitely. I would say that I wasn't expecting that. Uh, in the beginning, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to meet new people that are passionate about the same thing, because it's not really common that you meet a lot of people that are passionate about food. I mean, at least I'm not really certain. I know some people because I try to, <laughs> I'm in those circles, but yeah, it's not really a lot of people. So I was like, oh, across Europe, I will meet a lot of people that have the same interests and but in the end, it turned out not that I just know those people now, but they became a part of my 
let's not say daily life, but, you know, we talk to each other and it, it's really nice. And I learned so much from different aspects I didn't even know about. I thought I know a lot about the food systems, but then I realized, oh, man, I have so much more to learn. <laughs> but it's great. Oh, that's really nice. And I, you know, I really hope that your group kind of continues and grows as well as we go along. I wrote down during the event that, uh, so Claire Bury, the European Commission Deputy Director General, she said, uh, you've made us sit up, stand up and listen. We're all part of the solution. Keep using your voices in this way. Be active and be part of the change that we all want to see. How does that kind of recognition about your work make you feel? You know, does that really kind of fire you up and make you want to go even further? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really proud and I really hope that we will make something bigger out of this. It will not stop on this, definitely. We're starting to talk a little bit there about legacy, I guess. So what would you like your legacy to be with this menu for change? You know, what do you want to leave behind with this, I guess? I think uh, here I'm realizing at the moment the one that can really take decision are older generation. So I'm really hoping that the older generation take us on board and let us a little bit lead, lead those decisions so that our future is also in our hands and not in the hands of older leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Sasha, do you agree? Yeah, I also had the opportunity earlier in the year to participate in the UN Youth Climate Negotiations as a representative of Cyprus. And we worked on a much larger document to present to representatives of their countries for COP26. And the outcome of that document, I felt, was sort of flat. Nation leaders were like, cool, you collaborated. <laughs> so <laughs> I would really like to see people actually do something with this. I think because this document is so concise and this document that we've worked on has much more detailed implementation plans. I think this is a good start and I don't want it to end up as a paperweight on some important person's table. I want them to read this and say, okay, these 10 people are really bright and really passionate and I want to bring them in for a dialogue so that we can work together to create a systematic change surrounding these six ideas. Because I, I would be really bummed out if it just sort of ended here. I, mm. I think, and I, I wouldn't just be bummed out. I would feel really let down by the people that are in charge, that are leading things. So I really hope that they listen to this right now and consider this prospect. I'm absolutely sure they will, for sure. Just talking a little bit about you all personally then. So, you know, what's next for you in your lives from here? You know, are you finishing studies off? Are you looking to do something completely different to what you thought you were going to be doing before? What's coming next? Amelia, what about yourself? Okay, so I'm currently working and finishing my master's degree and hopefully in January, everything with my master's will be finished. And actually this has awoke my another perspective, let's say, and I already applied for climate and sustainability and climate risk certificate. So I'm yeah, really hoping that this can be my next step. And I think 
because I realized, okay, we talk about a lot about sustainability, but how much do we actually say, oh, this is the issue and how, who does the evaluation, you know? So I was thinking, okay, if I start from evaluating, then I can say, oh, this is the next step. And then I can start implementing and monitoring the process. So it makes much more sense. So yeah, that's in the near future. That's my uh, next step, definitely. And if we talk long-term, well, I would definitely love to stay in touch with EIT Food and organizations similar to this one, because I think these kind of organizations that give power to young people and not just young people, but innovators, let's put it that way, our future. Fantastic. And what about you, Chloe? For the near future, I love what you say, uh, Emilia. It just makes me reflect that I started this impact analysis certificate and I would read uh, everything about the current supermarket waste of uh, a local brand here in the Netherlands. And I, it makes me realize, indeed, I've, I'm very much into numbers, a bit like Sasha, and I apply it already in my work. But how can I apply it in a more impactful analysis this way? I think that would be uh, more in terms of skills. And then on the pipeline is also, like uh, Sasha said, is like engaging dialogue with uh, more companies who wants to hear what the new generations wants. Because I also think those dialogues are super meaningful and can really open doors for great opportunities for them and also for us. Got it. Got it. Okay, so there's there's definitely a kind of a, a data and a measurement trend going on here. What isn't measured isn't managed, right? So I think that's also a really good place to start. And what about you, Sasha? I'm right now looking for a topic for my master's thesis, which is, I guess, the big thing I have planned short term. And I'm also working on um, expanding my public speaking on climate action and sustainability within Sweden at the moment. So I'm trying to do a lot of work to inspire a lot of other students to take action and also inspire companies to take action as well. And then I guess long-term post-graduation, I, I, I want to go and work in the food tech industry, either doing some analytics work with other companies or even going back in and starting another company myself. I think that that would be really interesting. But of course I want to stay connected with EIT Food and I really hope Maybe not as a personal goal, but all of us EIT future food makers are going to continue working on the many for change and making sure that we can raise awareness about a lot of different food systems issues within Europe. Great, very positive and powerful stuff. And yes, I really hope so too. So yeah, watch this space. And for the other change makers listening who want to become, for example, future food makers or just get more involved, what advice would you give them about getting involved and the action that they can take right now? So people in your generation, what, what do you think they should be doing right now? I know that it can be really scary to do something big, but I think one of the best things about doing action in this type of space is that all of the young people that are really passionate about these sorts of issues are really, really wonderful and really, really supportive. It's not a competitive field by any means to go into. So Going in, asking questions, getting to know people, sort of building a network with other changemakers is a really, really good first step because we're all here to support everyone as we all have the same goal. And then sort of identifying what you're really, really good at is also helpful because you can sort of use your top skills in order to have the best impact on your community. 
Got it. So build a network, identify your kind of top skills and I guess your kind of passion and purpose. That's that's perfect. And who would like to add to that list? Yeah, well, regarding the network, it's not something that I was really thinking about, Sasha, but this is such a great idea because I have an example of a sustainability development club from my faculty that was founded uh, last year. And it was just like five of us or something. And yesterday we had a huge event, more than 100 people were present. So like literally being together, make growing together makes us stronger and makes more impact. So I would say that, yes, connecting with people that are passionate about same things, in this case, food systems, but it can be other things makes a greater impact, definitely. Fun question then to end the show and just to kind of start wrap it up. So actually, no, make, let's make this a two-part question. So if I gave you a check for a million euros right now, to put towards a food system solution, what would you use the money to fund? A million euros, what would you do? Oh, okay. I have a lot of ideas, but there's one that I've been thinking as a Cypriot about a lot, and that is about halloumi cheese. Mm -hmm. Because currently I live in Sweden, and Sweden is the number two largest importer of halloumi cheese in the world. Is that right? Yes, right behind the UK, of course. Mm, we do like a halloumi cheese, that's <laughs> yes, true. Yes, but halloumi is one of the least sustainable cheeses. Is that um, right? I never yes, knew this. it's really unsustainable. So I think as a Cypriot, it's time that we develop solutions to make halloumi more sustainable because it's a really big export for the country. So, and I'm very proud that the cheese is from my country but I am not proud that it's not very sustainable. So I want to implement some solutions in order to make it more sustainable so everyone can still enjoy it and there's not as much guilt. In Sweden, we actually have a word for halloumi guilt um, because right? it, it's not sustainable. The halloumi guilt has not yet made it to the UK, so you have opened my eyes. Okay, <laughs> so I love the fact that's something which is obviously very kind of close to your heart and where you come from. That's really nice. Chloe or Amelia? I've given you a million euros. What are you going to do with it? Okay, a million is a lot. So I really need to think this much more. But I would definitely start from education or creating some kind of an educative program because I think that's the baseline. That's something that we all need to start from. A lot of the problems are caused because of lack of our knowledge. Also, people that are now middle-aged and older people, they also need to work on that because their actions also matter. So that will be the starting point and... Yes, definitely not a million on that, but <laughs> that would be... You have some change start. left over, you think. Okay, well, there's yeah. always always other things to look at. Thank you. And uh, Chloe, what about you? I love uh, that uh, she says that, uh, Emilia, because yesterday I was reading a book on the Dalai Lama and he said, and this is more like spiritual, and he says, education is universal and this is the only way we can make culture and grow towards the, the future generation, and I completely, uh, totally agree. But on the other hand, I also feel like for me, for a healthy planet, we also need healthy people, and they go hand in hand. We cannot achieve a healthy planet without healthy people. So I would really focus on the fact that how can we make sure that everyone can access to a healthy diet every day? And I will sincerely believe that 
we have a lot of food that is being wasted every day and this food should definitely be given to the people that are in need of it. And I think this is such a great advantage for companies, but also in terms of environmental loss, biodiversity loss, and much more. Um, yeah. <laughs> very, a very worthy goal. I really like that. Yeah, thank you. And I'm going to make this even harder, I'm afraid. This is my, my second parter. So I was just going to give you a million. Now I'm taking that a million away, and I'm only going to give you 100 euros. If you only had 100 euros... What would you do to have a solution that will change something in the food system? Would it be something similar to what you would do with a million, but maybe smaller? Or would it be something completely different? You know, does actually having 100 euros make it easier for you somehow? What could you do with 100, you know, right now? So I already feel so silly because both Amelia and Chloe already had such holistic systems views of the food system. And I was like, hmm. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it kind of it would come comes to your soul of who you are, Sasha. So that's that's all fine. Um, but I do think a um, hundred euros is something. When I think of a million euros, I can sort of think of like I guess that's sort of like my business mind. I'm like, oh, like companies. That's sort of what an investment would look like. A hundred euros is something that I would think about communities more than a company. So how do I directly impact my community? And I think. 100 euros can go quite a far way in terms of education. Uh, the future food makers already have the resource of the knowledge. Just using that to help support our tools would be really nice. I am, think a lot about um, some of my peers at my university that don't know that much about sustainability, let alone sustainable food systems. So how much um, knowledge I can share with them by just putting that money towards hosting one event. Our food technology event that we hosted last year at the university was one of the most popular technology events that we had. So it's an interesting topic, but sort of how do we use that interest in that topic to also bring up sustainability, ethics, equality, that sort of thing. Amazing. Okay. So that's really interesting the way it kind of changes your perspective, but actually you can still achieve so much. I really, really like that. I like this question. So that's great. Um, Chloe, you look like you might have an answer for us. Yeah, no, I think it makes more sense. Also, like Sasha said, uh, it's like, how can on your community, you can maybe have an impact? And I currently volunteer in a community farm, so in a poor neighborhood in uh, in Amsterdam, to give the opportunity for them to grow their own vegetables and fruits. And it's kind of amazing to see all these people gathering together because they're really learning about food. And very often they're kind of, I don't know, they would like to grow more of this uh, type of uh, like chilies, which they would need like a greenhouse to grow it. Chilies are very much part of the Moroccan uh, and Tunisian cuisine. So how can we actually grow it in a very cold country and which is always raining? This type of thing I'm realizing it's really embracing community because also afterwards these people, what they do when they grow their vegetables, they are selling the food to their community at a very much cheaper price and it all connects them all around together. I just also love that uh, it's very inclusive, uh, they grow completely organically and it's really giving everyone the chance in the neighborhood to know, oh, my neighbor is growing some figs, would you like some? Uh, and it just builds such a great uh, feeling of being part of a community, which we all need at the end. Really nice. I actually feel like I probably should 
owe you 100 euros to make these things happen. So uh, you'll probably have to hit me up for that afterwards. Okay, and finally, but by no means least, Amelia, what would you do? 100 euros. Well, okay, I can only agree with Sasha and Chloe and talking about community. And I think uh, 100 euros goes a long way when it comes to raising awareness. And I think that is the first step. So I, everything we're saying, but if you don't even realize that there is an issue and there are solutions out there, you just have to acknowledge them. That is the first step. And if we do that, we are on the right track. Great. It's amazing to see how, how aligned you all are on that. So like community, education, spreading awareness, so, you know, that's you've obviously been on a bit of a journey together. So it's lovely that you've kind of all come to the same place. So thank you. And yeah, also thank you for today's show and for being such amazing contributors or providing such amazing contributions. If people want to connect with you, how do they go about getting in touch? Sasha. Um, yes, yeah, so people can either go to my LinkedIn, Sasha Cohen Ioannidis, or uh, my website, sashagwin.me, and that's Gwyn with a Y, not an E. Thank you very much. And Chloe? I'm being much more active on my LinkedIn. I'm getting some numbers popping. <laughs> so uh, very happy to connect on LinkedIn. I always uh, love to ask the question. Don't ask to people what do they do in their life. Ask them what do they stand for. So if you reach out to me with such a type of question, I'd be happy to engage a conversation uh, with any one of you. Nice. Okay. And Amelia? Okay, same here. Don't have a website, but I have a LinkedIn profile. So Emilia Röskanin and yes, hit me up. Great stuff. Thank you all. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Amelia. And that just leaves me to say thank you to you all again for our fabulous feature food makers. And thank you to everybody for listening. So this has been the Food Fight podcast. And as ever, if you'd like to find out more, head over to the EIT Food website and please also join the conversation via the hashtag EIT Food Fight on our Twitter channel at EIT Food. And if you haven't already, please hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. That's it for now. So have a very safe and happy holiday season and we will see you all next year. Mm -hmm.